This is Music Farmer. My name is Ben Grimm. Yes, that really is my name. Also, Robin Foxworth. Hi, guys. Is her name. And it is my name. Our guest today on the show is Michael St. Clair from Pocket Sounds and many, many others, which we'll get into. What's up, Mike? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. You've known Robin for a little while. Yeah. We're buds. We're buds. He's one yeah. of my buds. We're buds. We've known each other for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You guys been thinking about your Halloween costumes at all? Halloween costumes. Costume ideas? Is that I mean, that popped into your head? Not until you just said that. <laughs> now, and, and now you're I'm, usually so good at racing. The, so I, I know, had but he's usually so good at the the costumes in general. And well, I think also the last couple of years have been weird because Halloween's been early, like early in the week. Oh, yeah. That's and so true. we haven't really done a whole lot. Right, right. Maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year. I think that it's still on a Tuesday, but maybe it's still the year. Might be the year. Though. I think maybe Katie, Katie is Mike's wife. I think maybe we were talking the other day about having a Halloween costume party. Oh, cool. I don't remember if that's true or if I just completely, totally made that up, but it's a possibility that it's true. Or maybe I just want to have a Halloween costume party at your house. Yeah, you're, you're planning this. I'm you're planning actually, it. I'm planning it It's for like one of, those, yeah, one of those. So I was at a deli yesterday, and I had a Reuben and did that whole thing in a pickle, and I was walking out back to my car, and I thought, I want to be a pickle for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Pickle, that'd but be cool. With I want to have a cane and a top hat and just wear like green. So you're almost like the planter's peanut. Yeah, yeah the green you're sweat. Planter's peanut, pants. but a pickle. Right. You exactly. could get a I planter's get a peanut good... costume and paint it green. Yes. Yeah, and then the, the te- it would be textured and it would look more, it look better. Kind of like a pickle. <laughs> so my favorite costume I ever did. It was my sophomore year in high school, and uh, I grew up in Houston. And, you know, here in Texas, Whataburger is a big deal, but they have a Texas homestyle burger. And I was an actual Texas homestyle burger my sophomore year in high school. <laughs> nice. And yeah. we had a Halloween dance, and I found this picture, and it's a hamburger, and I had this, like, straw cowboy hat on and cowboy boots. And I was a Texas homestyle burger. Real good. Real good costume. Real nice. Right. Real nice. Yeah. What was your favorite Halloween costume? Oh man, um, I uh, I don't know. I feel like I was I was um, I really enjoyed being uh, like a I don't know exactly what I it, it was, I was like a CIA agent or something or I was some kind of maybe I was the people thought I was the guy from Matrix. Oh nice. Um, so I had my hair slicked back and I had a little. Earpiece. But I think I was trying. I had a little earpiece. So I was trying to be like some kind of secret service agent, or, or you know, like some it. sort of some sort of a. Yeah, I guess I was a secret, secret service, service guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, That's a flexible I, I costume. It, it fits cool. many things. Yeah, yeah. It was, people were confused what I was, but but but, it, you but everybody got it. thought it looked good, right? At least. Um, I also talking about the secret service agent costume. Um, one of the best costumes I've ever seen was when George W. Bush was was president and there was a guy who was wearing a black suit and an earpiece but he had like a cutout stand up of George W. Bush and would like walk to the corner of the street and like stand in front of the cutout and like listen to his earpiece <laughs> and like look around. Went the extra mile. Right and then like but stayed in character all night long. It was awesome. <laughs> That's a good one. That is good. It is good. All right. Well enough about the <laughs> Halloween stuff. We had some good ideas. That's uh that's good. So Mike St. Clair, yeah. I thought for the first couple of weeks when Robin kept saying your name, I thought you were Aaron Sinclair's brother because <laughs> I was hearing Sinclair. We get oh, yeah. Is that so- that's often yeah, yeah, no, a, that, that a problem? I don't even know when people are getting it wrong. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds the same to me. St. Clair. Michael uh, St. Clair yeah. is in a band called Pocket Sounds. It is his band. That is your band, and you've been in Polyphonic Spree, Ockerville River, White denim. White denim. Los Coast. We could name. We could go on. Los Coast. Yeah, I did see. I saw some photos too. Last yeah, night. Yeah, I did. You did. Yeah. You, yeah. I, I was in. I was in Los Coast. Uh, or well, you know, I, I play with them a lot. I still. I, yeah. I, uh, you know. Yeah. I'm, you, I'm, you still do I the things. And um. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people. Um. 
So, <laughs> music, music so where did all of this begin? Like, you went to school at North Texas, right? Um, yeah, that's right. And is that how you, like, how did you get into Polyphonic Spree? Like, oh, how did yeah. that even work? Yeah, so, well, so I, well, I know, I, I, um, yeah, I went to school for, um, for music. So I didn't. Jazz I, I, studies? I did, I did jazz studies. I actually did a master's degree at University of North Texas. Um. I was going to ask you if you were more classically yeah. trained on well, your instrumental was, performance because you can play multi instrumentalist sitting right here. Yeah, well, so I I, I studied trombone. I I played a lot of classical trombone, or, or that's what I started college doing was was classical trombone. I wanted to be an orchestral trombone player, or orchestral. <laughs> orchestral, uh, and they and they said you can't say orchestral. A menstrual, a menstrual <laughs> trombone player. You're yeah. out of here. Yeah, kicked you out. Yeah, yeah. So they were like, if you don't learn to say it, and I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, I, well, I say it the way I say it. Uh, I'm going to Austin. No, but it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. So I did that, and then I got, and then I got into jazz, and and then I started playing bass. I grew up, you know, I played guitar growing up too, like high, all through high school, and and. Uh, but then I kind of stopped and was focusing on classical music, and then I got into jazz music because, you know, it was it was it was because it was fun. I don't know. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I don't know. And a lot, I, a lot I of those are those polyphonic guys. Are they a lot U UNT grads too, or just from? Yeah, so some of them are. Yeah, there are there are a lot. Yeah, there were music yeah, majors. Th 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 yeah, there have been a lot throughout because you know they get a bunch of orchestral players and, and brass and strings and and uh draw a lot from from uh so yeah, how from did UMT that happen the, though the like did you have to audition for polyphonic spree uh i mean i yeah i guess so i it wasn't like an audition where they were auditioning a bunch of people or right. anything it was just like it was just like um i um do they prank people with kool-aid <laughs> like you have to drink this Kool-Aid before the audition. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, they didn't. Do, no, it's pretty. It's real you know tough. what I'm talking about. Like, Did you have to try on the robe before you audition to make sure you looked good oh, in it? Oh, that's a. They should have. They, they should. They should have done that. Because they I don't know how good I looked that. on the robe. It seems so like I might a, not have gotten. It seems it, so like a band where you're very much hazed before you're really in the band. Right. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Or if you're just a badass horn player, that that's enough, and they're like, you're in. Is that is that what happened? I, I well I don't know I I mean I think that that they um yeah they they um you know I, yeah I was I was actually playing a show I was actually playing at at the greenhouse which is a a, a club in in Denton and and, and uh, my my buddy Matt Matt Bricker happened to be at the show and it was actually a show with um with with the band Snarky Puppy who uh, is now a very big yeah well known band who um, I was in the very beginning very early version of that in in denton when we were when we were all students and stuff in, in school and um now they've gone on to win like i think three grammys, grammys now or something stuff, like yeah. that which is crazy uh but i was playing a show with them and, and my buddy matt was there um and uh and they called him while he was at the show and we we're like hey do you know any any trombone players we need a trombone player for these tours coming up and uh and he was like um I don't know who he would have thought of if I weren't the trombone if player on stage, on stage that, that second. That <laughs> but <laughs> but since I was the trombone player on stage, he thought of me, and, and he was like, "Well, we should. We, we you guys should meet my buddy Mike," and that's how that's kind of how it happened. It's that random, you know. It's 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 um, that's I feel like that's kind of how music music happens. Music happens. It's, it's random stuff like that. Well, and then you and Bricker both came to Austin around the same time, right? Um. Well, he came he came a little bit before, before me you. actually. Yeah. yeah, so I think, I think he he lived in Dallas for a while because he had just joined the, the spree at that point too, right. and he he lived at, at I, I think at their at their spot they have a little um, they have a their commune. their rehearsal space also has a little place to live. <laughs> There's a commune yeah. right next to it. It's a cult. And <laughs> <laughs> in, in their home, in their house. Yeah, where yeah, everybody lives. Yeah, it's out in the are. country, and, and uh, yeah. you know, there's We're bonfires. And if if Tim's listening to this, we love you, and it's just a joke. Yeah, in your music which is the lead guy for Polyphonic Spree, yes. if anyone doesn't know. Tim <laughs> Tim Delauder, who also, who I became a huge fan of early, and I was still in high school because my sister went to North Texas, 
and I saw Tripping Daisy when I was like 16 years old at like the Flying Tomato or something. Oh, cool. Yeah. And when Tripping Daisy, that, that predates that Polyphonic. Predates. And it also yeah, yeah, is showing yeah. my complete age of my age. What's the Flying Tomato? It was some bar in Denton. There was the tomato. I remember the tomato. I wonder if that was the same as the it, Flying it Tomato. It probably was the, was it a pizza joint too? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Different wow. ownership. That's crazy. You saw Tripping Daisy I there. I saw Tripping Daisy there when I was like 16 wow. years old and That's my sister cool. was in college. Wow. That's amazing. How sat- How satisfying is it to play those horn parts in Polyphonic Spree? Or was it when you did? Oh, yeah. Well, no, I still play with them sometimes. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, it's, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, it's very sad. Well, I mean, that's an amazing band. It's like, it's like, it's just an, it's a really cool thing to be a, a part of. Like, that they've Is every show just a this, huge this, euphoric this experience huge more so than... Well, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I'd like it to be, but I, you know, there are, there are moments when I'm, when I'm totally into it and I'm just like, wow, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. And then, and there's other mom- moments where we're on tour and we've been on tour for a while and, and it's like, we're loading in and out every day and, you know, and it's, and it, it's a, you know, you're not, schedule. you don't, you don't yeah. feel quite as euphoric, you right. know, yeah. but, but, uh, but when it, but, but sometimes you do and that's, and those are the moments that, that you, that you, I think that you're, start, that you're hoping for. Just being a Polyphonic Spree fan in general and going to as many shows as I've been to of theirs like you can tell when when the band's feeling that and when they're not, and I also think that has a lot to do with the crowd in general too. So like when the crowd's into it, I think the band gets more into it. I mean, I think that's music in general, and going to see live shows in general. If you're just sitting around being like, "This is cool," mm-hmm. or if everyone's talking, but like I've seen some polyphonic spree shows that have just been completely, totally insane and outrageous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm. I think. I think that you're right. I'm I'm always like a a a, a, a little bit um uh skeptical that that it that is directly translate. I think there's other factors that are like in in you know like the sound and and well, there's I so there, much going on. I think there can be times when when I'm like completely like as a listener, I'm like I'm like in the crowd and I'm like whoa, that was the most amazing show I've ever seen. You guys were just on it tonight. Yeah. That was, you know, and, and they're like, oh, man, that felt horrible up on stage, you know. <laughs> right, and but we had felt, no idea. But sometimes right. if it's if it's great out in the out in the crowd, right. you know, maybe it's not their best show. And, and that, I think that especially happens as the tour goes on and, and it's like, and you I, I, what I've noticed is like, yeah, you'll start, you'll start the tour and you'll be like, third show in, you'll be like, whoa, that was amazing. We sounded so good. And then like at the end of the tour, you're like, Gosh, that show was horrible. <laughs> but really, compared to the third show, it was great. it was actually really tight and amazing, right. you know. Right. And and uh, but th- but then you maybe you did lose some of that enthusiasm. So what? That's where what you're saying right. comes in because I think that the audience feels that enthusiasm, which is right. why it's cool to see bands at the, before, at the beginning of a tour cycle and then see yeah, at the yeah, end. There's right. probably good things about both about right. both both parts of that. So yeah, yeah. in other words, go see go, go see, see your Polyphonics. favorite band. Multiple times. Yeah. Well, that's why they also have, like, like bands like, we've talked about this band before that we don't like, but Dave Matthews Band, that's why they have it's their, It's coming like, up again. It's coming up again. Oh, man. But that's why they have, like, they're, like... You guys are Dave haters? Uber fans no, no, that, like, just that just kidding. follow the tour around. Right. Yeah. I wish oh, that yeah, I, could, yeah. I could do that with some bands, but definitely not Dave Matthews. Um, not hating on them. I just don't like them. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Uh, <laughs> we were just talking about an earlier show that it was just that being a phase, music a f- phase. You music know. Oh, phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of For when sure. you're still For trying sure. to Aren't decide. they still, they still really sell a lot of, a lot of, a lot yeah, of tickets. They though, right? have, yeah, because they, they have, have a lot like of loyal their, Yeah, they're loyal, loyal fans. It's kind of like the Parrot Heads to whatever that guy's name who sings Cheeseburger in Paradise. This oh, Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett, like... Dave mm-hmm. Matthews is the, you know, Jimmy Buffett of the day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess. Uh, it kind I, of that, is that is, way. <laughs> that's an interesting You know what thing. I mean? That's like, not before long, like, I mean, I think Jimmy Buffett even has, like, a, like a cruise for parrot heads. 
Dave yeah. Matthews yeah. like in ten years is gonna. It's have just a, a whole brand. For... Oh, does he not have a cruise? I don't most think, people have. I don't think Dave Matthews. Now. I mean, I think John Mayer has a cruise. Maybe John he doesn't Mayer anymore. But he at one at some point John Mayer had a cruise. Okay. Lots of people have cruises. It's too now, much. I think, I think it's mm-hmm. too much. String cheese incident had, had, has yeah. a cruise. Well, see, I understand bands like that. Or like. From my understanding of the Parrot Head cruise is like every night's a different theme, so they all dress up, and well, that <laughs> makes so much sense. I mean, Jimmy Buffett's right. always Jimmy have Buffett, a cruise because Jimmy Buffett should always have a cruise, even when he dies. There's a cruise. Yeah, there probably for, will still for be the a cruise. Parrot Heads. A Jimmy, a Jimmy Buffett, a Jimmy Buffett. Cruise. Yeah, cruise. I don't know who will. Who wait? I who, just don't okay, know so enough wait, about this stuff. You've got like Grateful. <laughs> well, Grateful Dead. You've got Grateful Dead, and then you've got all these jam bands that kind of picked up that torch, right? Who is going to pick up the... Fish uh, needs a cruise. No, no, I, yeah, I, I don't know. They might have... I don't, I, I don't know. But but the um, who picks up Jimmy Buffett's... Who's going to be like the fish of to Jimmy Buffett's... I don't... No one. <laughs> no one. Dead or whatever. No one. It's just Jimmy Buffett. We've gone off the rails. We've okay, gone yeah, off, yeah, the we're rails. off the rails. Okay. <laughs> edit, edit, edit out. Edit, edit. All right. Edit, edit that part out. Might leave parts or in. don't. That's pretty funny. Uh... <laughs> Let's talk about pocket sounds. So I saw, so I saw you do a show at Gypsy Lounge many years ago. Oh yeah, I think I we briefly met. Cool. Uh, and I th- you were playing with Nick Diaz. Yeah, yeah. And so Hillary I, was York, that a, Hillary York played that night too? Was that a, like an iteration of pocket sounds, or is that just kinda like was that Nick Diaz group at the time? Um, I can't remember. No, that was well. Well, I think Nick played a set and Pocket Sounds played a set. Okay. All right, and I might have played with Nick, maybe. Probably. I don't know actually, but yeah, I remember. I remember that night. I remember that show, Gypsy Lounge, uh, and um, that I did a, I think a solo show, a Pocket Sound solo show. Yeah. So I think that's one interesting thing about Mike was that it's has just been kind of recently that you've brought the whole band in to, to yeah. the mix. So like yeah. for the longest time, and I think that you know, trying to figure out what the name of this was going to be called and what this project was and whatever. But for the longest time, it was just Mike as kind of like a one-man band with loops and... Performing on six, like, six different instruments. Right. Or more, maybe? Oh, well, yeah, not... Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, yeah, probably about... about. But not necessarily every instrument on every show. And not every okay. instrument at the exact same time. But I think that's what you do, though. And then recently, he, like, brought together, is there six of y'all, seven of y'all? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, for the record release, we had um, a six-piece. A six-piece, And then we've right. done that up at least one other time. We, yeah. we, we, opened, we opened for the Spree on a show, and we had all six of us. And we've done stuff with whoever could make it. And, yeah, yeah. And lately, we've been doing a few duo shows because – Hoping to tour it some and and um, maybe it's a lot easier to tour with two people. Easier than to with tour six with people. Two, two people. <laughs> yeah, but um, but then yeah, once that's super tight, start doing some more. Well, maybe and maybe before that, start doing some more. The so one man shows. band thing—you got to lug, you got to lug all that gear yourself, unless you can get some. You've got it friendly people to help you. Oh yeah, it's a lot you of lugging. It's yeah. a lot of, well, it's <laughs> a lot of setting up. Well, that's been a challenge of the of the one man band thing for me is is um is getting uh getting it smaller um and well getting it getting it smaller and getting it uh quicker because you know my first show I or maybe it wasn't even my first show but my first several shows like I mean it was just like an hour setting up at least and and which you know and I yeah. was like well this is not gonna yeah, work yeah that's if a big I'm, if right. I'm playing like second of six bands <laughs> at some festival yeah. or something this is not gonna cut it so so i started figuring out how to stage it off and you know gradually it's gotten quicker and quicker now now i think i'm fine you know if, especially if i have a place to kind of stage stuff i'm i can just jump up there but but now i don't know i'm starting to get it to where where yeah i can i can just take stuff out of the cases and hook up pretty quick you know but we were just talking about because he is gonna go on tour soon and they're going to new york and about how much it's going to cost. Yeah, I'm reevaluating. <laughs> how much right. it's going to cost to bring I have all a big pedal that. board at my feet and then I have right. another pedal board on a keyboard stand and um, and then I have two instruments to bring. And then that's not to mention amps. I'll have to figure out amps when I when I get there but um, but just the big pedal board at my feet going in the case to to check it 
with all the weight of the pedals that are on it is going to send me into double overweight territory. <laughs> right. You know, so that gets expensive both ways. Fly both ways. So it's it's Yeah, we'll feature out. we'll feature some pocket sounds um you know, at the end of the show or somewhere in the show so you know, if you've never heard pocket sounds, you'll get an idea of what uh Mike's been doing, but it's have you produced anything or composed anything for film? Because I will say well, that was like the impression that it struck me like that's it's very like packaged well for 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 soundtracks I think is kind of what I what stood out a lot to me. Oh, thanks. Well, I mean, or, or, I, mean I guess that, I mean I'll, I'll take that as a comment cuz I I did I mean well I grew up I that wasn't intentional um like that I I like I have always I'd love to compose for films. And I have got like my um I there was a film called High and Outside that that used that music pretty pretty heavily in 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 the in the in the film. Um Okay, nice. So that was cool. And I think that was just a Partly a symptom of, of um, it being working well as underscoring music, just like you grew that up was watching movies in a different way. Probably just the way your mind works, and probably listening to the scores of things. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. And maybe it's a little bit like I grew up playing violin and listening to some more, you know, more orchestral music and stuff. But um, not that I, not that I do much of that. Not that I'm doing orchestral <laughs> scoring or anything like that, but. <laughs> But, you know, I think that informs the synth patches that I make and stuff, you know. Make, are you a big audiophile, or do you just kind of stick to the to the tried-and-true basics? Oh. You know what I mean? Like, collecting equipment and... Oh, well, no, I mean, audio I like... Still, like, really, like... Collecting... Pursuing audio equipment? I, I, I mean, well, I'm pretty, like, lo-fi and stuff with all that stuff. Just, I mean, I don't, like, collect, like, really high-end stuff, but I like stuff that helps me do things. Um, or that, or that, I like to. I do collect a lot. Of you, gear. I was gonna yeah. say he collects a lot of things. Yeah, I'm not to the point where I'm collecting like really nice mics or really <laughs> nice, you know, preamps and stuff. I one one day hopefully, but um, but uh, but I like just like things that that I can apply to my live sound and and can also it will help me record interesting stuff at least, you know, and try and then yeah. gradually trying to make it be more hi-fi, more more. Um, but you have a lot of instruments. But I like lo-fi stuff too, so you know. It's but cool. you have a lot of instruments. Yeah, I have a lot of instruments. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a tuba. I'm, I'm a hoarder. A little there's bit. a there's a tuba, and at one point in time, the last time you played, and you opened Pocket Sounds opened for, um, Polyphonic Spree at Barracuda. It started pouring down raining in the middle of the Polyphonic Spree show. And we were all trying to load out afterwards, and we're like, Mike, let us help you load out. Like, you have all this stuff. And he was like, cool. And we like, it's pouring down rain. We walk out to the car, and he opens the back, and we have all this equipment. It's and filled he's with like, tuba. oh, no, there's a tuba in the back of my car. And I just started dying laughing because I was like, I know no one in my life that could ever just say, oh, no, there's a tuba in the back of my car. <laughs> and it's, like, pouring. And I was yeah. like, can we just put it in my car? Let's just not worry about it. And you were still trying to think of how you could fit the tuba and all your equipment uh, yeah, yeah, in the I'm back of try. your car. And I was like, there's a I tuba. I need a little hanger for the tuba. That, you uh, need a hanger for the tuba. I mean, not that I have – t- not that I, <laughs> I'm carrying around that <laughs> tuba all the time. You're carrying the tuba around I come around straight from it. a brass band gig <laughs> to that gig. That's how that happened. But there was also a time that, like, we were at Mike's house, and it was, like, a normal just Sunday night friend hang. I think we were just having a couple margaritas or something, and next thing you know, there's a jam band happening in the living room, and Mike pulled out the tuba. Oh, yeah. You're also the only person I know who plays the tuba. Oh, yeah. Well, that yeah. I'm excited about the tuba. That's a new thing. I, I just I have some friends, uh, some well, all your horn playing, I mean, that helps you get gigs and get work and just being kind of being more flexible on mm-hmm. instruments that are not so widely played. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think so. That's always that's always kind of been a thing is like um I think is is like you know, I play always played for a long yeah, I've always played bass and so no, I, I'm getting to play with rhythm section people, and then I play horns. And I get to know horn people. So sometimes, sometimes the horn people are like, "Oh, well, what rhythm section guys are we gonna get?" And we're like, "Well, you know, 
Mike's, <laughs> we know Mike because he's a horn player and he's also a rhythm section guy. So they, they're like, they think of me and then the rhythm section guys are like, think of me. They name, we need a horn player. Who's our horn player? And they think of me. So I, I think that's been a, a, a benefit. And, you know, I, I think, I, I think that's been, yeah, it's something that's, that's affected my, my path. Of, right. So you're always working. Well, yeah, I try to be always working, but maybe that's part of why I'm always working too. Is like I always <laughs> want to be working. Pale. Some people don't, you know. Some people right. want. To, but I think know, also benefits. like you're in the studio a lot. If you if you don't have a show, you're in the studio a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Creating and composing. Are you just kind of like experimenting a lot and seeing? Well, kind of what as, comes out. As or? far as I'm, yeah, with my own stuff. I mean, that's yeah, part of part of part of the thing. You know, I mean. Part of why I started Pocket Sounds was, you know, I, I, I've always liked writing music and I've always like, yeah, I've always written music. And then and then at some point I started writing more lyrics. And but, you know, I didn't really have, you know, I can get other people to play my songs sometimes. But like if I'm going to write the lyrics, you know, I've kind of got I'm, I'm going to sing it myself. And then I wanted to sing it myself. And then but it, but so there's that aspect, the songwriting aspect. I wanted a, an outlet for that. And but then also part of it was I just wanted to be able to like experiment with stuff and take as long as I wanted you know when you're in a studio for other people you know you you, there's a certain amount of um time constraints you know you're spending money people's time people's you know so that you need to be quick so I so I can do my experimenting on my own stuff and then exactly and then use some of the stuff that I've discovered that I know works on 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 other people's stuff I guess so so it's that's part of how I look at it I'm just I'm exploring exploring ideas you know and and that's let's talk about like your your process your writing process your like how did like you one have some pretty interesting and quirky songs like how did like it grows on you yeah it's quirky but i think that it it grows on you for sure to me like he's one of my favorites in town but like where where does that come from um like wh- how do you like where do you get your inspiration from well the way the way i think about it like um i guess at some point i i i um let's see how to say this i i decided well so when i'm writing music i want to um i try and exp- expand uh <laughs> what i what's an easy and natural by practice, you know, by practicing music. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, you know, so that's the, uh, the goal is to ever, to constantly expand what's at your disposal, what's at your fingertips to, to, and then, and then you can let inspiration go. And, uh, well, it seems like you like layering things, like laying a layer of sound on top of something else and like build, 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 build. No, I do. I do. And I like, yeah, I like I like orchestration. And uh and also, you know, and also playing in Polyphonic Spree for a long time. You know, I don't I think that it's cool to have and also big bands, you know, I played played in big bands and um toured with the Glenn Miller Orchestra and stuff like that. I I um so I like layers. I don't I'm not afraid of layers. Like a lot of people are like, "No, no, you know, you know, I need to keep it simple and not have layers." So, I think it's cool. I never get um annoyed with too many layers if they're good, if they're useful, you know. I take stuff out constantly, you know, if it's getting in the way or, or not useful, but I'm not afraid of having a bunch of stuff. Too playing. many moving parts yeah. is fine. And, you know, that's, I don't know. I hope that doesn't turn anybody off. I hope that I'm doing it well <laughs> and it's not, <laughs> and it's not turning anybody off. And, uh, but, but, you know, and I, yeah, I don't know. I like to, I like, I don't know. I like flow. And so I, I guess we, lyrically I try and think, I try and just treat it the same way. I try and wait. I like to wait for inspiration and then I like to go edit it. I, I like to make it, Makes sense. I want everything to have a purpose. It comes <laughs> out. I'm working on it. It out. comes out, and it sounds awesome. Thank you. That's what I, I think. So. What are some highlights from your time with White Denim? Anything stand out in your mind with that? Oh man. Uh, well, uh, okay. So the besides, first thing... aside from, I mean, touring and playing with White Denim, but like, what would be like, from your experience? What is well, a highlight from the? I, I okay. So well. One really cool highlight that's just, I don't know why, it just seems like a really cool milestone was playing the Roundhouse. Um, that was really f- fun, just because so many great bands have played there, and Pink Floyd, and 
I don't. I think Radiohead had played there like just shortly before. Where's Roundhouse? It's in London. London, okay. Um, and like the Doors played there, and like you know, it's just like it's really cool, and 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 uh, that that's just neat to have played there. So I, I guess I that pops into my head as as like a a cool whatever you said, like a. Uh, well, that's like a milestone, yeah, for a, a musician, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And um, and then just I and then just I learned a lot working with with those guys. They have a um a cool process and and uh james is always the uh singer and guitar player he's he's always throwing he's always trying to change stuff up and throw stuff you know throw a wrench you know trying to just to get things moving just to get you know everybody thinking in a new way and i think that's really cool and i don't always do that sometimes i'm like oh, okay i've got this is what the way this is gonna go and then i get stuck thinking that's the way and i and i I think that happens to a lot of people, and I, I think that it's that's an ever one real changing talent of James. Is animal, he's like, right. let's just change this up and just see. And then we can always go back to it, you know. But but let's see what what happens if we just if we just change this because I'm bored with it or, or or whatever for whatever reason or just in case it makes it better because it might make it better, you know. And I'll, and usually it does make it better. Usually just like changing something ends up making it because everybody finds I don't know something cool. But yeah. sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you got to go back to the to the way it was, and. um does white denim have to woodshed and work really hard um, and pra- practice super hard on all those time signatures and tempo changes when a new song is being formed? Or is that, like, does everyone just kind of come together and know where to be in it? I, I think both. I think they work amazingly fast. Like, like uh, but they do, but at the same time, they they spend they spend time. Well, I mean, when when when, when I've written with, when when we've been we've been in the studio like recording um slash writing or whatever um i mean it's like you know the rhythm sec- i mean it's like steve and and all of every drummer that that's played <laughs> since i've been in the right. band like are super quick at at picking up time signature things and doing cool being you know making cool things happen with and and coming up with cool ideas. Um, so, so in that way they're quick, but then at the same time, they're willing to spend some time working something out, you know, like, like I think a half a day on a song tracking or, or even a full day if necessary is like not out of the question for them, and which is, which, or, or working it up or what, you know, like, um, de- depending on how, how we're working at that moment. But, but, uh, and that's cool, you know, t- wait, they were, it's like, it's like wait, waiting until it's, Waiting until it's really ready, right. but at the same time, not waiting too long after that. You know, like getting it, getting it down. Now, okay, right, now not it's ready. Overdo it. Yeah, yeah. But James is a little bit of a perfectionist. In yeah, yeah. It's like yes and no. It's like yeah, right, yeah, but, but yeah, but definitely. In 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 a in if he a, in hears a it and way. it's like right, he also knows it, so he doesn't try to overdo it. Yeah, that's kind of what I get from him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even yeah. like as a human being. Yeah. <laughs> and white denim, in a way, is like kind of like a jazz ensemble. Would you kind of look at it like that, in some ways? I mean, um, there's, 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 in yeah. The, there, so there's always like a very um, like anything can be changed at any time, and there's also like a um, um, uh, yeah, a creative element. Like you, like when I started playing keyboards, they hadn't really had a keyboard before that and uh and it was like you play what what you think is is gonna work what's right you know and that was not not you don't have to worry about exactly what's on the record necessarily should know that you know i don't know but it was very it was a very like open thing like you do what you want so in that way it's sort sort of um jazzy and and of course they they jam in their solos and stuff but at the same time it's it's very it's pretty composed you know it's not like yeah it's not like there's up there jamming every all the time like coming up with things there's like weird little quick changes and stuff that maybe seem like very improvisatory and, and maybe come but there there's some stuff that's not there's a lot of stuff that's composed there's kind of both it's it, it's built in both which i guess is yeah is absolutely like, is like is like jazz yeah there's there's planning and and rehearsing but 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 yeah i guess that's just like anything when it when it when a, but it's not exactly like 
a jazz group getting together and just like free jamming out, free jamming talking out about and jazz kind groups. of reform and going different places. Are you still part of that jazz writing thing that you were doing there for a while at the ladies' house yeah. and Travis? Yeah, 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 is, yeah. This is sure. the most interesting thing in the world. So there's like this older woman in uh-huh. Travis Heights, yeah, who, who has you all over to write songs. Well, no, no. She, I mean, she's, <laughs> she's just got a. She's, she just wants to watch. This? She's got her space, and and a lot of people rehearse there and yeah. and, and um, do stuff there. We just happen to like, we'll we'll we'll. There's um, a writing group. We'll, she's like opening gonna, up a creative space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, but yeah, no, that just happens to be where where we do it. She's not like in there, you know. She's not like right. She's a, not like a, a watching y'all. Um, but, but wearing a string of pearls. It's it's not like her thing. Now, this is, she this just has is the a way space. I picture we, it: is this woman is wearing a string of pearls and watching <laughs> all these boys come to her house and be like, "This is yeah, my sheet music even, for the night." It's not, it's not like that. That's just that's where that's where we do it because because uh, no, it's it's um no yeah it's it's um yeah it's really cool man. It's like all, all Gilda Bosk and Dan Redner and um. Yeah, a bunch of dudes. Um, we and um, Mike Fonseca, and we—that's who's been doing it the longest. And and we um, and we um, you write songs. We write songs and try and do it every week, but it's not. You know, lately hasn't been happening every week, but but um, it's um, it's been happening. You know, uh, every maybe every other week lately, and it, so and, and it's but it's great because it it gets us all writing, and everybody's really good writers, and it's it's really fun as a player because right. they'll write. You know, we're just like writing stuff. We don't care about whether it's gonna but be the playable way it works or sound. Is, right, y'all you know, like so go we can make in it as complicated or with simple as songs that are already written, right? And you yeah, go yeah, yeah. in and you like have the sheet music out for everyone, and then this group we of, all read them, yeah. right? And then y'all just play that music. Yeah, yeah. I find this to be so interesting that things like this happen. This is like one of the reasons I love Austin, Texas, so is much. Is it recorded? Is because like, is anyone recording, or is it just a um, no, well, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's on us, I, I, I always forget to record <laughs> my tune, I think, those, those guys, maybe those guys record theirs sometimes, <laughs> I always forget to record mine, which is unfortunate, because, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a great chance to have, um, these great musicians, like, play your song, read, read your song, and you can get a good recording of it, good demo of it, uh, and I always forget to do that, but, uh, Maybe this will remind but, you to but, not. But we get to kind of workshop it and, and see and see how it would sound the best. We can okay. work on forms a little bit and stuff, and you know, we, it's pretty quick. We we just do it for a couple few hours or whatever every few, every few weeks, and so it's um. I guess under that same umbrella, I was gonna say, does does Polyphonic get like invited to like private, like commune, you know, compound <laughs> compound type of house concert shows? So, like, are they? Are they bugged all the time for stuff like that? I don't know if they're bugged for stuff like that. You know that. what I'm I've saying? I've never done it. I, don't, I can't recall doing anything like that. Like, come play this private show for our people. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Uh, uh, only, for, only, only for their own, you know, commune. I have a dream. I have a dream that, and it was funny because Mike and Katie got married, and I was like, if they have polyphonic spree, you can play their wedding, I'm going to scream because it's my dream. My dream is that if Rob and I ever decide to get married, which... Hell of a wedding band. I yeah. want polyphonic spree to play our wedding. <laughs> That's what I want. and I want. Them That's to a lot of extra mouths to I feed. I know. I'm fine with it. And luckily, yeah. I know a few people in the band. <laughs> yeah. Even just half of them would be still... Still a good experience. Even just one of them's fine. Uh, okay. <laughs> I can I can make that happen. I just need one I of can them. Make that happen. It, music videos. Has Polyphonic done any music videos? Are those out there? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah for like, sure. Yeah. I don't know if I'm in. I haven't any come of across gosh. of them. No, there's very, yeah, there's definitely yeah, there's Polyphonic some. music videos. Um, yeah. I might. There might be some. There might be some. That you're in there somewhere. Cameo, yeah. me in there somewhere, but yeah. uh, I'm not sure. But there are definitely some Polyphonic Spree music videos. I saw Polyphonic Spree in a church. That kind of like goes into playing in a commune for the people. Yeah. <laughs> I think that you got us into that show. I think that was before we even knew you. The uh, When they played here at one of the churches. Oh. 
Wait. You weren't playing, but I think you got oh. us on the list. Okay. Before we were friends. Oh, okay. And then we became friends. Gotcha. Yep. All right. Awesome. So, Mike, who who in town are you liking? Who are you loving? What music do you like? Oh, wow. Local. Or who's inventing music that you're really into? Into right now. Oh, that's man. Gosh, a lot of people. Um, uh, I mean, I love like um, Magic Rockers, Texas, and, and uh, loving those Magic Rockers PR, of Texas. P.R. Newman, a lot of those guys. Um, Boer, Ace and Clair. I I I really like um, uh, Honey Sun. Um, he's doing like really cool loop stuff that um, is inspiring for me, and, uh, and, re- and he's got really cool vocals. I I mean, um, Adam Torres, I really love. Um, a lot of I don't know, so many people. There's so much cool. I mean, there's so much. Uh, I love I the know, first man. band you I'm said was. I'm proud to live in Austin. There's a lot of cool. Bands. Was Magic Rockers of Texas? <laughs> it's it's yeah. just so completely opposite of you. Oh yeah, no, it's very different than but my it's music. Just so, like, but I just it's, really like right, it. Right, but it's also like so fun. Like, yeah, it's so fun. Yeah, what a fun band they are. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about them. I want them yeah. to like take over the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike, so Mike, you have a pretty mathematical mind, it seems. Kind of like you're a really accomplished bass player. You play the trombone, which is, I guess, like kind of the first instrument you got mm-hmm. classical training yeah. with soprano, trumpet, or pocket trumpet, right? Yeah. All yeah, the trumpets. Keys. Sense. Uh, yeah, sense. What am Tuba. I missing something? Tuba. Sousaphone. Guitar. <laughs> French yeah. horn. You play French horn no, too? No, I don't. <laughs> No, okay. I didn't. I was like, not do in tune. Ha- you don't. Do you have a French horn? Uh, no, no. Wow. No, I'm scared of the French horn. Are you? There's like extra stuff you gotta learn for that. Thing. What about? Like you gotta learn how to put your hand in the. But bow you can and... play the violin. Yeah, I I grew up playing the violin, but yeah. I'm not very good at it. And but I played it when I was young. And stand up bass. Well, was that the very first instrument then bass, you started yeah. on? Yeah. Violin. Yeah, violin. I, when I was five, I started taking violin lessons. Um. Yeah. You come from a musical family, or was that just something that your parents well, recognized right away? My sister was taking piano lessons, and uh, and I wanted piano lessons. And for some reason, I, I think a lot of teachers will teach a five-year-old, but her teacher just thought that was too – that my fingers were – you know, she just didn't want to – she didn't think that the fingers were developed were long, were big enough yeah. yet to to, um, to, to teach. Um, so – so I think we could have probably found me a piano teacher if they if they they'd wanted to, but um, but they just my mom found out about these violin lessons and uh, Suzuki method stuff and and, I, right. and she got me involved in that and I did it for a long time. I didn't ever like practice enough, but I I really enjoyed it and I, I and I did it. eventually. I played in the junior youth symphony for for a minute and and realized how bad I was. Uh, <laughs> Compared to everybody else, and, just for the and, uh, just for the non, I didn't know how to read music. I had for the non-band nerd, the Suzuki method is when they play it and then you just repeat it back, kind of like parrot parrot trying to right, like a yeah. And they're supposed copying. to, if you work hard, they'll also teach you how to read. Music. Right. <laughs> if you don't work hard, if you don't do your part, then then um, then you you can. It's it's based Fall into around bad more rote teaching, which is great. Well, it's it's ba- yeah the rote the rote. I mean, it's 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 a great method i think you know i mean i was a kid but uh, you know it's, it, but my teachers were were really were really great and i wish i'd did you ever do band throughout school I, or I you just did private lessons so, um i just did private lessons when it got time to play to pick orchestra or band because in my elementary school we picked either orchestra or band actually i i think they were i don't know for, I, I that's what i remember that, that that we had to pick and i picked um band because that's what I don't know why that was doing. just been what, a little more I fun I thought it was cool right I wanted to I my, my cousin played the trumpet um and, uh, and I, I I wanted to play the trumpet and they convinced me to play the trombone instead and uh but and I and I was like I was in total agreement you know I was like the trumpet's the coolest and they were like well cool but what the trombone's just a brass instrument too and it's got this slide and I was like <laughs> cool so I did that but but that but that kind of um but around that time is when I started playing the Junior Youth Symphony. But and then I learned that I wasn't. I don't know. I, I think that I just got embarrassed that I didn't know how to read music and maybe just I don't know. I stopped. I kind of stopped playing violin at that point. Maybe because I was playing trombone. You know, I wasn't like, you know, 
wasn't I wasn't like I'm gonna be a musician when I grow up, you know. And, no, that wasn't even bro. When yeah, did that happen? Because you're, you're a kid. Um, when you're like, I'm gonna be a musician when I, I grow. I guess up. I don't know. Just whenever people start trying to think about what they're gonna do <laughs> when they grow up, and I was like, man, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> just something wanna, you kind of stuck. Something you kind of stuck with after a while. Up. I'm just gonna yeah. be a musician. No, I, I was like, well, I I remember some friends being like, oh, I think I'm gonna go to art school or whatever. I'm gonna do this, and I was like, wait, you could do that? I was like, well, what what could I do that's like that? That sounds cool. And I was I was like, well, I'm, I like music. I'm pretty good at that. And uh, I don't know, man. You want to th- yeah. what's your Pocket Sounds website? You want to throw that out? Real quick, just to make sure, sure that's it's, in it's, here. Um, it's, I think it's www.pocketsoundsmusic.com. Right on. And, uh, yeah, and there's, yeah, you know, look, look, look us up on, uh, on, on Spotify and the Facebook. Spotify. Give and us some follow. likes. Follow. follow. Follow on the spot. <laughs> like <laughs> this is the, something that we were Facebook. talking about Thanks, today. Man. Was that like, as like as a musician or with someone who works with musicians, Spotify is so hard because like. You can have all the listens you want, but you actually need people to start following you on Spotify. So yeah. hit the follow button. It's huge. Yeah. Chain, it'll change your life. Yeah, yeah. And Mike was going to post something on Facebook that said... Yeah, if you... Fo- well, if you... I, if you like my if you music, like it, follow it. Follow me. And if you don't, follow, follow somebody that else. you like. <laughs> just, but just follow. Just follow somebody. But, like, yeah. the follow, follow button the is huge. Like. Yeah. Follow on Spotify. Apparently, that's true. Huge. True. It's huge. Yeah. Changes things. So they can, they can be quantified. Right. Somehow. Mm-hmm. Robin, did you have any other brain picking type questions I mean, for Mike? You have a uh, residency coming up in October. Yes. Um, These are important things yeah, to tell the people. Well, there's a there's a residency <laughs> at um at the at Dozen Street. Um. Well, uh, so we're doing the first and last Tuesday of the month at Dozen Street. We're also playing... Um, I'd like to see more brass band stuff at Dozen Street. I think that should happen. Oh, that's a, that's a that's good a idea. That's a good idea. Maybe we it's should get s- that, brunch, that brunch band you play in to play at Dozen Street. Maybe Now so. that we know the bookers there. That's a good idea. Now that we have some pool. Yeah, brass bands. Um, yeah, that's a great idea because it, it does seem like Dirty, Dirty Dozen brass band. I guess that's a brass. It'd be a good spot for it. Yeah. It would definitely be a good spot for it. But I Um, think that your first one is you and Otis Wilkins, right? Oh, is that right? Yeah, I think that I think (laughs) that's what's happening. That's on October second. October second, I think that's you and Otis Wilkins. October thirtieth is is undecided, the other um undecided. But it may be uh well, yeah, I don't know. We'll yeah, I guess I should yeah, I shouldn't say yet, but is anyway, yeah, it's it's um it will be decided soon. <laughs> so keep. So that's why you need to follow the Facebook page, Pocket right. Sounds Facebook page. And we are also playing Me Mare Mo Mondays, which is a, an amazing like experimental music uh, <laughs> thing at the Volstead every Monday. Um, on we're playing on October twenty second. Wow. Um, that happens every Monday. It's a really cool thing. I like going to it. It's like always like, you know, like free jazz or like avant garde classical or like. Or right. like electronic it, stuff, you know. It kind like, of be, is it like bands that go in and play that, or do sometimes they have like jam sessions where like you can go in and just bring an instrument? Doesn't oh, Volstead do that? Volstead do, does does jams, yeah. But yeah. I, I think that's um. Well, there's like a funk jam on Tuesday nights. Um, but the Mimi Mo, it's 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 kind of curated. It's um. It's more like yeah. actual bands coming together and doing yeah, something yeah. That's pretty awesome. Or or like okay. yeah, at least pro- projects or 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 just. People's yeah. yeah, I'm with you. People, I like yeah. it. Um, yeah, so that'll be. So that's your cool October. And, um, yeah. One thought yeah. I had just just now, Mike. I, as we, I guess, kind of wrap this up. We're cool. kind of wrapping this up. Kind of wrapping but this I wanted up. to we're say, we're playing like, the Brooklyn Bowl. If there's any New York listeners, we're playing <laughs> okay. the, the Brooklyn Bowl. I hope I have New York <laughs> listeners on, on October 12th, um, opening for White Denim. Yeah. Uh, first of three. Big show. So we'll be up there. Yeah, we're, we're going up to New York. It's, it's that's going to be cool. So yeah, that's also. That's um, a big if thing. there's any, yeah, any New Yorkers. Yeah, New Yorkers, please come and support. Yeah, what I was saying was, you know, you're a a musician and a guy that's worked with a lot of front men and a lot of lead guys. 
I mean, do you have any words for any other like up and coming musicians or horn players or people like that that like haven't that are kind of like maybe starting out in the Austin music scene that would, you know, you can throw something out there that because that is kind of a skill in a way that you've worked with a lot of the people like that and um, lead guys, you know, lead singers and well, being flexible, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, in my I don't know about words of wisdom, but my <laughs> my my feeling is is uh yeah, being flexible and and <laughs> Yeah. No, my my um your my, head is going in my, so many um, different directions right now. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> um, man, that's a, this is this is a tough this is a whole one. this is a whole other <laughs> like, okay. fifty minutes. I feel like a whole other okay. podcast. And then it would just be a bunch of my opinions that don't mean anything. <laughs> well, thanks for doing music, farmer Mike. Thanks for having me, dude. <laughs> Mike St. Clair, Pocket Sounds. Check him out. Yeah. You would have to try pretty hard not to miss him in any band. <laughs> if you're out at a show, he's probably been there. If not there, at some point in time, he's around a lot. That's the show, guys. Bye. This is Pocket Sounds. Talk to you next week.
Thanks. 